nearly 10 years ago in the darkest season of my life and ministry a man of God shared with me Psalms 27 and 14 wait on the Lord and be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart wait I say upon the Lord that verse when it was shared with me would literally be a lifeline for the very next year of that season of ministry it was April of 2017 six months before coming to be your pastor again I found myself in a season where I had more questions than I did answers about ministry and life and challenges. I was in a place of waiting and wondering and, yes, even worrying. Never forget it. It was the day after Easter in April of 2017. The word of knowledge came to me from a very trusted influencer in my life. And it affected me so much it literally has become my life verse. And it's Psalms 27 and 13. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That's what I want to talk to you about this morning, the hand of the Lord in the land of the living. Would you pray with me, Father? For these remaining moments and minutes that we have left together, I ask you, Holy Spirit, to touch your servant. I declare like the psalmist did in Psalms 92 and 10, to be anointed with fresh oil. I believe for that today. I thank you for that today. And I pray somebody in the house many in the house would receive encouragement that their faith would be strengthened and that they would live in the victory God intends for them to live in. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. The hand of the Lord in the land of the living. Most believe that this psalm, Psalms 27, was written by David when he was on the run from King Saul. His life was in grave danger. David, the champion of the Israelites, the one, the young warrior that had delivered the Jews from oppression of the Philistines and had killed Goliath. David, the one that had been chosen by God, the anointed one to be the future king of Israel. But here he finds himself hunted and hated. But he makes this declaration, I had fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Thank God for his goodness to us. How wonderful is the goodness of God. 
His provision, His bounty, His kindness, His generosity toward His children. He is good to every single one of us. There's great nuggets found in the Word of God as it relates to His goodness. For example, you find in Psalms 31 and 19, the Scripture says that God has goodness stored up for anyone that reverences Him. And it is great goodness according to the Scripture. You reverence God, you have an awe and a a godly fear of who He is, and He has great goodness stored up just for you. And then we read in Psalms 52 that the goodness of God endures continually. That God is not moody, that for His children His goodness is one day and then not another day, or His goodness is bountiful one day, but is scarce the next day because His, because his supply is, is running low. No, according to Psalm 52, His goodness is continuous for His children. <laughs> I know you may tire of hearing this, and it seems that it keeps coming to my spirit, but God's goodness to you and me is not affected by the stock market, who's in the White House, or international relationships. God is good all the time to His children. His goodness is bountiful and endless, and it never runs out. And then I, I, I saw this this week, and it caused my that my spirit to leap within me, you that came to church today, you have received some extra goodness. For Psalm 65 and 4 says this, we shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, even your holy temple. Not only is God's goodness stored up for you and his goodness is continuous toward you, but when you came to church today, some goodness of God was waiting on you. Well, praise the Lord. But there's some things that that just capture us in the scripture about the goodness of God. And I think sometimes we just need a good reminder. You heard it in the song and it's found in the scripture. And that is, number one, you cannot outrun God's goodness. God's goodness is always chasing you. God's goodness is always overtaking you. And, and, And equally important, to that is that if goodness is chasing you, then that means goodness is behind you, which means that you can always look back. There's always a reference point, and you can always see the goodness of God in your life. You can see a faithful God. You can see a providing God. You can see a protecting God. The goodness of God in your past. Whether you've been living on the earth 20 years or 80 years, the reality is the goodness of God has always been chasing you. It's always been overtaking you. And when you look back, you can see the fingerprint of God and how good God has been to you. Do I have a witness in the house of the Lord today? But you need to also understand that the goodness of God is ahead of you. 
The goodness of God is in your future. We sang about it. The goodness of God chasing us and the goodness of God behind us. But I came across another verse and I saw this for the first time recently. I had never seen it before, but it's found in Psalms chapter 21 and verse 3. And listen to what it says. It says, for thou preventest him with the blessings of goodness. Thou preventest him. Now I got to processing that and digesting that and unpacking that. And I'm telling you, when you prevent someone, you interrupt their journey. When you prevent someone, you halt temporarily the trip and their destination. When you prevent someone, you stop them in their tracks. The New American Standard Version there says that God, you meet him with the blessings of good things. The Amplified Version says, God, you send blessings of good things to meet him. I want you to know today that on your journey, goodness is awaiting you. On your journey, God wants to prevent you with his goodness. The same goodness of God that is chasing you and following you. It's the same goodness that is in your future. I'm telling you the imagery in Psalms 21.3 is simply this. God roadblocks your way with his goodness. He stops you dead in your tracks with his goodness. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You're on your life's journey. You're taking your step one day at a time, putting one foot in front of the other, and it doesn't seem like anything's going right. It seems like that everything is going wrong, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you run into a roadblock, and you know it was the hand of God. You know it was the provision of God. You know it was the protection of God. Why is that? Because for every child of God, not only is the goodness of God behind you and chasing you, but the goodness of God is ahead of you. For when you arrive at whatever you have to face, whatever trial, whatever trouble, whatever battle you have to face, God is always there saying, I've got some roadblocks of goodness, and you may just have to stop for a moment and revel in my bounty because I am a good God. Holy Spirit has prompted this message this morning to tell you that the goodness that follows you is also the goodness that has gone ahead of you and is awaiting your arrival. Let me just, let me just stop here. and This is something that is continuously burning in my spirit. There is a shift coming to the Pulaski Church of God in 2021. I'm going to be talking to you in a few weeks about a 21-day fast to, to begin the year. But I'm telling you, I sense it in my spirit. And I, I, I believe today the goodness of God is going to slap some of you right upside your head like you never dreamed before. You're sitting here thinking, yeah, I mean, you're wanting this layout, this particular layout on January 20th. And you're wanting this all clear so life can be normal again. And you're awaiting for things to level out so sanity can return to our country and to our world. But what if God instead says in 2021, I'm going to prevent you with goodness. I'm going to roadblock you with goodness. I'm going to bring your wayward son to these altars to find Jesus again. What if God decides his roadblock is not what you think it ought to be? Maybe he's going to capture that stubborn, stiff-necked, backslidden husband and even slap the 
beer can out of his hand and land him at an altar of reconciliation because God's decided the time has come. He can't take the conviction anymore. And there's a roadblock of God's goodness. You're going to be able to enjoy what if while we are waiting for all the political landscape to come together and smooth out as we think it should. God says, you know what? I got something bigger and better. I'm going to stop you dead in your tracks with a healing in your body that you thought you were just going to have to live with. I'm telling you, I've come to preach today that the goodness of God is chasing you and the goodness of God is in front of you. Revel in the victory that you have because you serve a very, very, very good God. Hallelujah. You can choose to live your life in fear and anxiety and worry, or you can make up your mind, God's goodness follows me, God's goodness is ahead of me, and I'm going to live in the victory of the goodness of God. Eye has not seen, neither has ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. I'm telling you, if you love God today, there's some roadblocks of God's goodness that's in your future. Hallelujah. Alters your path. Drops bounty on you at some intersections in life because of his goodness and his love for you not that you deserve it it's just because God is good and God loves you and there shall be showers of blessing you see in that psalm the implications of fainting are very real life. Maybe you found this to be true. Maybe you've never been in the desert, but you've been out in the heat. Maybe you've been out in the heat too long one day, and you didn't take enough hydration. And you become thirsty, and you become dry. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Your sugar begins to drop. You feel that queasy, uneasy feeling. Hot flashes come on. And you realize, you know what? I've been out in the sun too long, or I didn't take enough water with me when I went out in the sun. And so all of a sudden, you feel like David here. You feel like you're going to faint because of the heat. No doubt David felt that way. In the spiritual realm, it happens that way also. Sometimes you just feel like you're just going to collapse. The, the weight of the world is, is all over top of you. And you're anxious. You don't know how to lose the anxiety. But then, suddenly, your, your faith kicks in. And you walk it out day by day until the breakthrough comes. And when the breakthrough comes, and it will when you're a child of God, then you will look back and say, I had fainted, but then I saw the hand of the Lord in the land of the living. Why? Because he still brings streams in the desert. 
Why? Because he still causes the desert to blossom as a rose. Why? Because he still makes a way where there seems to be no way. Do not faint. Keep pressing on. God will work it out. He will prevent you with goodness. He's about to roadblock you with a miracle from on high. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Pick yourself up. Encourage yourself in the Lord. God's not done with you. He's about to drop some miracles in your path. Then there's times you're in the storm, in the cold. Cold, hard, blinding rain pelting against you. If you've ever broke down the side of the road in a cold rainstorm, ever had a flat tire when it was pouring down rain and the temperatures were chilly, maybe you worked out in the cold. There's one day that stands out in my mind from my shipyard days. Thank God it was only one day. Some days just make an indelible mark on you. But I remember one day working on an aircraft carrier, not in the sun, but still on the deck. And it was in the 20s. And we were working outside. It was the longest day of my existence. I didn't dress warm enough. I didn't have enough clothes on. I didn't have enough socks on. I thought when I was done, I was going to have five toes instead of ten. It was really, really bad. Have you ever had that bone chill get inside of you so much that all the blankets you got in the house won't warm you up? It takes some time. Have you ever been so cold and so fatigued by the pelting rain that you felt like you were going to faint? You cannot take another moment. You're losing heart. You're fainting. And yet, as I said before, I'll say it again. But you keep doing what you're doing. You get up and the same mess is there. Problems still exist. And you keep going. Bills keep piling up. And you keep walking. Anxiety is high. But you keep pushing. You say, enough, enough, God. When are you going to show up? But then Jesus, as he did in the Gospel of Mark, he walks into your storm one more time. Oh, yes. Oh, but Jesus, like he did in another Gospel, comes up from the bottom of the boat in your storm-tossed vessel and says, you know what? I'm going to suddenly say, peace, peace, still. And the wind and the cold and the rain is going to obey me because I'm the creator and I am your sustainer. I'm going to prevent your day with some goodness from on high. And then you look back and you testify. I had fainted unless I saw the hand of the Lord in the land of the living. God is setting up some roadblocks. Setting up some roadblocks. It's not roadblocks like when you're driving through a storm. This happens a lot around here. Y'all know how to get some serious rain down here in Southwest. Here specifically in town, there's been roads that I've wanted to go down to see someone. But there'd be a roadblock. And for me to go beyond that roadblock would put my life in peril. But God says, I've got some roadblocks. <laughs> and you won't be injured. You just enjoy them and then pass right on and keep going. 
because I'm preventing you. I'm stopping you. Now, here's the, here's the key. This is the important part of this. We embrace that God's goodness is behind us and we testify to that He has been faithful to you and me. We understand that He wants to bless us with His goodness in our future. He wants to prevent us with goodness. He wants to roadblock us with His goodness. But if you go back and you look at Psalms 27 and 13 carefully, it is not... I had fainted unless I saw the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. It is, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Believing to see. Your faith has to be alive. I said, your faith has to be alive. We do not walk by sight. We walk by faith. And though you don't see it, you believe to see it. I will see it. I will behold God's goodness with my own eyes. This faint stuff is real. Hello? The faint in the desert, the faint in the storm, the, the faint in the heat, the faint in the cold, it's real. And that's why Jesus said, men ought always to pray and not to faint. Wow. Is the reason why you're fainting, could it be... It's because you're not praying. And if you will pray more, you will faint less. 2 Corinthians 4.1 says, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. Could it be that God is calling for you to pray more and faint less? Could it be that God is calling for you to be more of a vessel of ministry? That will help you to faint less. Could it be that God is causing you to do some good for somebody else? Galatians 6, 9, and let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Fainting. You have to believe to see. Not see to believe. I'm convinced I have Many of you have. We've derailed the goodness of the Lord for our future when we have lived in doubt. Good preaching. Me and one person agreed. We have derailed the goodness of the Lord by our doubt. God has a roadblock of goodness in your future just as real as the goodness of God that has been in your past. 
You just have to make sure that you're heading for the goodness with your thoughts, your words, and your actions. Do not allow any of those three things, thoughts, words, or actions, do not allow them to derail you from the roadblock of God's goodness that He has for you. You have to think goodness is coming. You have to speak goodness is coming. You have to act goodness is coming. In other words, you've got to keep believing. And when you've prayed about it, and you've praised about it, and you've trusted God with it, then you walk it out. Day by day, and hour by hour, and minute by minute, and believe at any moment, you will see the hand of the Lord in the land of the living. It's here. I, I believe it. You can call me crazy, hyper-spiritual, mystical. I believe that the supernatural is about to be manifested in the natural. I believe that the spiritual is about to be manifested in the physical. You know, did you know that for the, I don't know, 175 people that may be in the room, did you know there's 350 angels in here with us? He has flipped his lid. No, I'm telling you, I'm telling you the truth. There's at least, I believe that. I believe for one of every demon assigned to me that there's two angels protecting me. And I believe they got in the car with me and rode to church. And I believe they guided my steering and they guarded my brake line. I don't know about all this, man. You're getting, mighty, you're getting a little out there, am I? The Bible says when Daniel prayed, God heard his prayer the first day. But it was 21 days until it was manifested in reality because the forces of good were delivering it and the forces of evil were trying to fight against it. But ultimately the answer did arrive. I'm telling you, your answer is on its way. Keep holding on. What is in the spiritual is about to be manifested in the physical. I wish somebody would give the Lord praise. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith we believe to see. Mm. To get your blessing, see yourself blessed. To get your victory, see yourself victorious. To get your healing, see yourself healed. Martha's voice was on the other end of the phone. Her voice had always brought a smile to Pastor Jim's face. But this day, it was a troubled tone. 
Can you come by, Pastor Jim? Martha asked. He hustled over to her home, and this woman of God, who had always exuded faith and hope and love, was dying with a brain tumor. She shared with her pastor her wishes for her homegoing service. And she said, I'm going to tell you exactly how I want to be laid in the casket. I want to be buried with my Bible in my left hand and a fork in my right hand. As I would have been, the pastor was curious. And he looked at Martha and he said, I understand the Bible, but why a fork? She said, Pastor, you remember all those church dinners. And the server would come by and he'd get the dirty dishes from me and he'd lean over and whisper to me, you can keep your fork. Martha said, I knew when he said that it wasn't going to be pudding or jello or ice cream. But the good stuff was coming. Chocolate cake or cherry pie. A dessert that I had to keep my fork for. She said, that's what I want. She said, when people walk by my casket, and they're reflecting on the good times. Preacher, I want you to be close by because they're inevitably going to ask, why in the world does she have a fork in her other hand? I want you to be able to look at them and say with great confidence, she kept her fork for the best is yet to come. I want to tell someone in the house today, get your fork ready. And I'm not talking about heaven. God is not only God of heaven, but God is God of the earth. And I'm telling you, you need to get your fork out and get ready for your best is about to come. You continue to believe, to see God's going to do great things in your life. Hallelujah. Come to the keyboard if you would. The goodness of God is chasing you. Goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. The goodness of God is waiting on you. I will prevent them with goodness. I will roadblock them with my goodness. That's the summation of this. You have goodness all around you, friend. Anybody hear me in the house? You have goodness all around you today. Do not faint. Do not faint. I had fainted. Unless I believed to see. Don't get it backwards. I'm telling you, if you, you get it backwards, you'll live in defeat. If you're here and you don't know Jesus, he roadblocked you today. He brought you face to face with your mortality. And if God healed you ten times in your future, 
and dropped a million dollars in your lap in your future. God gave every member of your family health and never had a problem. And you lived a life of fullness on this earth. I'm telling you right now, all of those blessings in the future could not be compared to the gift of salvation. It's the greatest gift there is. So if you're here this morning and you are wandering from the Lord, He done set you up with a roadblock. Hallelujah. He done set you up with a roadblock. And the roadblock is, I love you with an everlasting love. Come to me before it's too late. There's some fainting people in the house. Fainting because of the heat. Fainting because of the storm. Fainting fainting because of the fight. Fainting because of the cold. The cares of life have so zapped you. Or maybe you're here and you just say, Preacher, I'm a candidate for a roadblock. (laughs) I realize God's goodness chased me to church, followed me to church, came into church with me. But I tell you, I sure could use a roadblock in my future. I need an aha moment, God. I need a wow moment, God. (laughs) Don't you love those times? I'm going to ask you to stand. Get your mask in your hand. If you're comfortable doing that. Mask, unmask. You say, preacher, I'm a candidate. I'm a candidate for a roadblock of God's goodness. I want you to step out from where you are and come around this altar. Anyone in the house? I'm a candidate. I'm a candidate for a roadblock of God's goodness.